You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. I can't get through here, lady. There's something happening. Hey, look. Superman's drunk. Let's see what's happening here. Ricky. Ricky. Superman's drunk. Ricky. I thought he had super metabolism. How much did he drink? (laughs) There was only a half bottle on the counter. Kryptonite ale. He's a light, lightweight. (laughs) He doesn't drink much. What are you looking at? Get off my lawn. (laughs) Damn kids. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of 80s Revisited, episode 113, excuse me, the 113th film to be covered by us 80s geniuses, episode 80s aficionados. 21, I think. In something like that. Yeah, I think so. In dog years. But the 113th movie, Superman 3. I'm, of course, one of your hosts, Trey Harris. With me now is my lovely and beautiful wife, Autumn. Hi. And, of course, our producer, our own evil version of me, mm. Jesse Sedgley. <laughs> Yes, I am. But uh, real quick, before we get started, we have some sad news. Uh, if you follow us on Facebook, we just posted on that earlier uh, today, the same day we're recording this. But we got a letter from uh, our friend John Martinez, who's wrote us several times since we've been doing this podcast, even back in the, the Daniel era, because we have eras now on the podcast. We've been <laughs> for so long. It's getting pretty serious. Mm-hmm. But in his first email, he had mentioned that his friend David told him about this podcast and they and then made him a fa- in turn he became a fan of it and it was always something that they talked about a lot with each other like oh did you hear that all and you know uh so forth and whatnot but anyway unfortunately uh on july 25th uh david his fr- john's friend passed away uh and is actually uh, actually i'm just gonna read a little snippet of the email that john uh that john sent just uh and really kind i was i was actually in pluckers eating lunch and i read this one it was just like Damn, like, I don't know. But anyway. Uh, you, you want said, background music? No. no. Uh, you said, hello, guys. I understand your podcast is entertain- an entertaining podcast made to make people laugh, but I have some bad news. My best friend, David Vallejo, who introduced me to your podcast, passed away suddenly in his sleep on July 25th uh, while visiting David uh, from Tacoma. Uh, and this is what he said. It was just a really kind of hit home. You know, it was really even made it, you know, even more sad. Not uh, actually knowing him, but just, you know, this it's really a sad story, unfortunately. But uh, they had just been hanging out. Uh, before that day, uh, they went to some restaurants while they were. He was uh, David was visiting them. They went to see Jurassic World. They played scene at '80s edition, mm. uh, keeping it real. And uh, you know, he said we both loved your podcast. We talked about each of them afterwards. The two of you, uh, of course, going back to me and Daniel originally, uh, and I hope some of me in Autumn as well. Uh, uh, where was I? reminded us of us? We talked about your movies about movies so much. We wanted to. We wanted to. Th- they were thinking about starting their own podcast. He was a great person, uh, and he asked if we could please dedicate our next episode to him for for John. Thanks, uh, your fan and friend from Riverside, California, John Martinez. Well, uh, email John back, talk to him on uh, like that, and uh, told him we're not dedicating this episode flat out. We're not doing it. We're doing yeah. the whole superhero month for David. So this episode and the next four are all dedicated to our good friend. Former and still listening from the Great Pearly Gates, and he's in good company, by the way, because unfortunately Roddy Ra- Roddy Rowdy Piper also passed away recently. Mm. Very sad, but he's up. I'm sure. There, in fact, I think John actually said something about that too. How he, uh, him and Rowdy are kicking it up there, which that's uh, that that's awesome. 
you're in good company, David and John. Thank you for being a listener and all that. And we wish you all and all of his other friends and David's family all the best from down here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. But now, everybody, oh, I would like to ask everybody the next time you watch an 80s movie, raise your glass for David in tribute. And there is no perf- more <laughs> perfect theme to sum up 80s nostalgia than the Superman theme. And now, on with the show. Superman 3, this gem of a film, came out June 17, 1983. Uh, IMDb 4.9. Rotten Tomatoes wasn't quite as merciful. 26% critics, 23% audience. Wow. I would disagree. We'll get into it in a minute. Let's get the who, what, when, where. (laughs) But anyway, an estimated, again, 1983, $39 million budget. Open for 13.3, domestically gross 59.9, no info on worldwide. However, Reynolds 37.2. So it made its money back, which is why we had Superman 4 a few years later, the quest for peace. Mm. But uh, this one was directed by Richard Lester. Uh, if you remember the Superman 2 podcast where we uh, compared and contrasted the Donner cut and the original cut, uh, Richard Lester did the theatrical version of Superman 2, taking over from Richard Donner after the studio when Donner had a falling out. And he also directed A Hard Day's Night by the Beatles. Uh, it was written by David and Leslie Newman. I'm not sure if they're a couple or the guy's name is Leslie as well, and they're just a writing duo. Uh, but anyway, they did Superman 1 and 2, uh, Santa Claus the Movie with Dudley Moa, and also they wrote Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, starring Joe Pesci. Oh, yeah. No idea what that is. Like the super long, like 20-minute compilation of like songs. from. I saw that at Epcot Center. Really? Like when it first came out. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> in the end, he turns into like a robot, like a like Iron Giant, like Michael Jackson robot. I think I know that image, but I, like the, that might be it. The, the image of him in the white, yeah, in the white suit with the purple shirt, I think, and you know the lean, the smooth criminal thing. Yeah. That's from Moonwalker. And there's huh. also, a, uh, I believe, a Sega Genesis game. I guess I'll that just was have to actually watch it because I have no idea. Really what awesome. Oh uh, wait, I didn't see this at Epcot. Uh, you don't want Captain EO? That's the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me because, I mean, Michael was so big that they would play Moonwalker there as well. Yeah. Captain EO still rocks. It's, uh, in fact, the last time we went to Disney World and Land, it was still there and got to watch it again. Oh, jeez, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, not well, like, not like well, still there. Like, it I mean, wasn't there, they, and then they brought it yeah, back, and now died. it's not there again. Oh, and... okay. But it was still awesome after all those years. Anyway, of course, starring the one true Superman, Christopher Reeve. Of course, Superman 1 through 4, Village of the Damned, Remains of the Day. Uh, and strangely enough, his foil for this film, one of them, none other than the legendary thespian Richard Pryor. Yeah, Richard Pryor. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, of course, he was Gus, but, uh, you know, I look back at Richard Pryor as hilarious stand-up, but mm-hmm. also his... Uh, string of films with Gene Wilder. Yeah. Hear No Evil, See No Evil, uh... What was the other Silver Streak? I think was one of her. Or what's the one? Stir Crazy, but uh, him and Gene Wilder were great together. A great uh, comedic duo. Uh, a lot of great '80s films that they did together. Uh, and also Jackie Cooper returns as Perry White. He was in all the, the '80s uh, Superman films. He was also in The Champ, and he was in tons and tons of television. Uh, Mark McClure, Jimmy Olsen, as usual. Uh, most notably, he was uh, Michael J. Fox's older brother in Back to the Future. Uh, and also, he was one of the few actor, I think the only actor, to cross over from Superman into the film Supergirl, which in hindsight I should have done instead of Superman 3 for the podcast to give some respect to the female superheroes because mm. I don't think there's been a female superhero movie since Supergirl. Tank Girl notwithstanding because 
<laughs> I don't really think you consider her a superhero. She's more like a anti-hero, so to speak, that I could think. Of. No, uh, barbed wire. I'm sorry, barbed wire. So. Oh God. <laughs> believe me. Yeah. The, I think the 14, 15 year old me loves me some barbed wire. I'm sure. That was in her prime. But uh, anyway, Supergirl will have to wait another day. But uh, yeah, he crossed over. He was actually Jimmy Olsen in Supergirl. Uh, Annette O'Toole was Lana Lang. She was also in 48 Hours. And she, along with Christopher Reeve, also had a different role in the Superman universe in Smallville, the television show. Uh, I think she actually played his mom, like Ma Kent, or something like that. I didn't watch Smallville, so not sure. Uh, the villainous Robert Vaughn was Webster, the kind of the more so the big bad in the film, the rich villain. He always plays a rich dude. Yeah. Basketball, for example. Rich villain, yeah. Uh, Man from Uncle, which is also getting the theatrical version in a few short weeks, actually starring, uh, speaking of Superman, Henry Cavill, and the Lone Ranger himself, Army Hammer, which you haven't seen the trailer. It looks hilarious. looks awesome. I really like both those actors. I'm looking forward to that film. Uh, Where am I? Uh, Annie Ross played Vera, the villainous... So hopefully older sister to Webster, but she was also in Throw Mama from the Train and Pump Up the Volume. Pamela Stevenson was Lorelai, the ditzy blonde in the film. She was also in Mel Brooks' History of the World Part 1, and she was actually a uh, regular on SNL for one season. Hmm. Uh, and of course, returned as Lois Lane for like one minute in the beginning yeah, and 30 seconds about? at the end. I'll get into that. Uh, Margot Kidder, of course, Superman 1-4, through four, Annual Horror, Black Christmas. And rounding out the cast, Galvin O'Hirely as Brad... Uh, you will remember him from the podcast because he was Eric and Willow. Win this war for me. Ben Mardigan's friend that left him in the cage to rot and et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, eventually got killed by. On. Yeah, it was. But you've seen Willow and you are familiar with every aspect of that film. I still don't think I've seen it all the way through. Bullshit. I don't know. Sometime when <laughs> you're, li- you're married to me, you've seen Willow all the way through at least once. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> on to. Uh, as a kid, this one and Superman 2 were kind of the ones that I ended up watching more, probably because we had them recorded off of television. And as you heard earlier from the IMDb score and the Rotten Tomatoes score, people really don't like this film. Can't mm-hmm. imagine why. But honestly, I love this film. <laughs> Do and you? I, 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 for, here's, here's honestly the main reason. Uh, Christopher, this was also the first film that Christopher Reeve got top billing in. In the Superman series, because uh-huh. Marlon Brando hogged it in the first one, oh. Gene Hackman got it in the second one. Christopher Reeve finally got his name on top in this one. But anyway, uh, I'm—I don't—I don't know any of these people mm-hmm. personally, but he acted his ass off in this film. His—that scene that we opened up with, where he's bad Superman, uh-huh. except for when he comes out and screams out the kids to get off his lawn. <laughs> but like his look and everything. In fact, the DC comic series Kingdom Come. The older Superman look was based off Christopher Reeve, his Superman, if it was if he had aged. Like, almost kind of like he was in this. And also notice how his suit's darker. Dark, you know, it's not the bright color, which they also adapted into Superman uh, Returns, whereas the more kind of muted colors, even the modern, even Man of Steel, it's not bright. It's a much darker blue. It's a much, almost maroon red. It's very, a darker color, color palette. But this scene we're watching now, which takes place right after we opened, the junkyard scene, which... I think is a brilliant, it was an awesome fight to show how the uh, red or the green tar kryptonite, whatever you want to call it, made Superman bad. Stupid plot device, but nevertheless gave us this awesome scene where Superman fights Clark Kent. And despite being a 1983 movie where even though it cost $35 million to make and you can see the Vaseline on the lens a lot, <laughs> it still looks awesome. 
aside from, again, I'm not saying every effect is awesome because I, I see what you're looking at right now. <laughs> but as a kid, this was probably my favorite part of any Superman movie. This and the end of every one where he flies out in the space, looks at the camera, waves, and flies off into the sunset. Which is even more poetic now because he's dead, obviously. But uh, even even today when I watch this this scene right here, in the end, when he when Clark Kent basically kills the bad Superman... Mm-hmm. Stands up, the the score is building, opens his shirt, and it's the it's the, car, uh, not cartoony, but the uh, bright red S. Yeah. He's good again. Still gives me chills and makes a smile creep across my face because <laughs> it it is so awesome. And in all, uh, you know, these older films, you know, Man of Steel, they destroy, they literally level Metropolis. The right. Batman versus Superman trailer reinforces that 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 city is like destroyed practically. And uh, in this day and age, they really couldn't do stuff on that much of a scale. So it's always, you know, slamming car doors or, you know, bad CG, uh, not even CG, but still pictures being thrown across yeah. a film. Static images being moved, you know, with a path like in uh, Final Cut Pro or whatever. But anyway, this, I'm not saying this film is great. I'm just saying I love this film Danger because, asset. honestly, of this, of this whole aspect of it and... Christopher Reeve does, I think, his best version of Superman in this film, as far as his acting was. Even though he's having to act next to Richard Pryor, not saying Richard Pryor's a bad actor, he's a he's a brilliant comedian. But you know, and this is a kids' movie, and if you look closely, especially in HD, you can see Richard Pryor is still sporting his scars from his, his free basing cocaine accident. So, and he's in a kids' movie. Yeah. But he, but honestly, he's there's even Autumn has to admit there were several times where she was laughing at some of the jokes he was making. It's still well, pretty it's funny. Because Richard Pryor is hilarious. Exactly. That's that's all I'm that's all I'm saying. You can't not laugh when that man's on the screen. Exactly. He's great. But uh, anyway, Autumn, had you ever seen this movie before? No. Okay. And I still haven't seen it all you the way saw, through. You saw a good bit of it because I, I mean made, I saw I, the beginning and the fight and the end, but. <laughs> I blacked out during the middle. Mm-hmm. Not blackout. I just went to sleep. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't drunk. <laughs> she was drunk. She was drunk. Definitely drunk. It's the only way to get her to watch these things. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, from the little bit that you saw, not mm-hmm. a, not your animal or color score. No. But what did you think of what you saw? What struck you? Um, I do. As you've never even seen this or heard of this. You heard of it, obviously, but. I do like how they portrayed visually that he was evil Superman with mm-hmm. the darker colors. He had, like, the five o'clock shadow. He looked badass. He had shadow under his eyes. He looked, you know, He got drunk! He looked super mm. hot, and, uh, yeah. You know, that so bad boy That's your only thought? What about the computer at the end and all that, like, that's No, I don't know what that... You watched... I, w- I made you watch the scene that terrified <laughs> me as a kid. Which scene? Oh, God. Okay, anyway, well, let's, let's jump to that conversation. Oh, hold on. Before we get to that, okay. was Jesse, had you ever seen Superman 3? No, I don't. Not even as a kid. Okay, I'm alone here. I stand alone on this mountain of liking this movie. Again, I'm not saying it's the best Superman. Just don't. I'm making sure everybody understands that. I understand this movie is severely, severely flawed in terms of plot. But as a kid, this was the shit to me. This 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 scene in in this part in this movie defined the Superman for me as a kid. Loved it to death. And you you can't not feel awesome inside or when that score builds up. It's no matter oh, how yeah, many no, times you hear it, best. even when it's not John Williams' version, some other composer for this one, you know, you, you know, based on a score by John Williams is doing uh, their twist on it. It's still cheat. It's still one of the greatest things ever to grace your ears in the film. Yeah, the Superman theme is definitely like the best movie theme 
kind of ever. I think so. It's hard. That I would not argue that point at all. Like that. That's not true. But uh, look up like it was on the other the main page, like about the robot, because this scene had pretty much what what is known as Kinder trauma. What? Kinder trauma. What's that? Kindergarten. Like as a when you see like when I saw this as a kid, it was like it terrified me. And a lot of people uh, who've seen this movie as a kid. This has terrified them as well. Because, in fact, you can even find, like, articles online of, like, the most terrifying scenes for a child. Large Marge. This is consistently on the list. A lot of other things. But, yeah, you're listening to it. As she screams that she's becoming a robot. And they cut off the music. Yeah, so all you hear is her screaming. And then she's a fucking robot. Yeah. Yeah. And then it comes back. It's terrifying. As a kid, it terrified me. She's like a Cyberman with a wig on. She looks like Rod Stewart. Robo Rob. (laughs) But, yeah, so that's... The two reasons I always, always remember this movie was being terrified of this scene and then just the awesomeness of Bad Superman versus Good Superman. I'm looking for Maggie May. <laughs> Magneto comes in and just... <laughs> crossover. But anyway, so... But revisiting it, as we do on the podcast, it still brings a smile to my face on so many levels. You know, and this is... And one of the points of Superhero Month was now... At, at the time, all of these movies were coming out, with the exception of Superman. That was the only franchise at the time, at, in the, uh, a super excuse me, a superhero franchise in the eighties. You know, James Bond is you could say he's a superhero, but not in, he's not a comic book superhero. I guess I should clarify. This is a comic book character franchise, and this this is like the best that you get, not counting Superman one and two. I mean, like the Superman mm-hmm. series was all you practically had, because I remember in. Uh, in the early 90s in comics how like they were talking about Spider-Man was getting optioned by James Cameron and there was a script in and it was there was an actual blurb in like Stan's soapbox in a Marvel Comics where like countdown to Spider-Man the motion picture 400 and something days this was when this is forever ago like that never happened that all fell through you know so at this time in the 80s like you, I mean Arnold was larger than life he was a superhero but in terms of the spandex-clad superheroes, there wasn't much. Today, every flipping month. Mm-hmm. Last month was Ant-Man. Or, uh, wait, we're in, no, we're in August now. Excuse me. This month is Fantastic Four. Last month was Ant-Man. Yeah. You know, it's almost every freaking month there's a superhero movie. Not complaining. Yeah. 90% of them are great. Love them to death. But back in the day, slim pickings. And they, they weren't very good, <laughs> aside from Superman 1 and 2, in terms of quality. And even Superman 2 is debated. But, uh... Anyway, so just you know, that's but revisiting it despite the bad effects again, 1983. Yeah, and they're a 1983 version of Superman, it's still leagues above anything that you ever saw in Batman in the 1960s, in the George Reeves Superman. Anything up until this point, there's never been nothing anything this big of a budget that was superhero related. And when you take that into consideration, they did a damn good job with what they had at the time. I mean, it's no Star Wars, ILM wasn't doing these effects, but. You know, as a kid, I believed a man could fly because of specifically the Superman films because that's the ones that as a kid I could watch because Mama didn't let Trey watch The Toxic Avenger. Imagine that. (laughs) In fact, when we get to that one, I have a great story about that one. Oh, no. It it basically comes down to it was uh, Toxic Avenger was unrated. And I said, Mom, it's unrated. So, you know, it's not, you know, that doesn't, (laughs) that it's not R. She's like, okay, rent it. First line of the movie. Would you look at that fucking guy? She's like, wait. What is this rated? It's unrated. <laughs> and then, like, titties in the hot tub and all this other stuff. So it was like, oh, okay. Well, I, I totally use that story now, so. Yeah, it's okay. You can tell it again. I'll forget. You probably will. But anyway, some behind-the-scenes stuff 
for the film, okay. as we always like to indulge and see the fun stuff that happened that we didn't see. Uh, the little boy who appears to be waiting by the phone booth while uh, in the photo booth when Clark yeah. changes in the very beginning, that is the exact same little kid that played baby Superman in the original. Hmm. The naked baby picking up the car. Uh-huh. Same kid. Weird. So he's basically meeting himself. He's cameoing. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> uh, in his autobiography, Richard Pryor admitted that he thought the screenplay was terrible, but agreed to do the movie because he was offered $5 million in 1983 money. It's like $15 million today. Oh, yeah. So a ton of money. He was just like seeing those lines of cocaine, mm-hmm. seeing that mountain. Rest in peace, Richard. Uh, this was, and like I mentioned, first time he received uh, Christopher Reeve, got top billing. Uh, and although this three and four are universally panned as like being terrible. Yeah. Excuse me. It wasn't a flop. We talked about the results. Uh, but it should be, but uh, Super and 1 and 2 also made over $100 million. This one made over 60 Still a, a success based on the budget and it made money, but nowhere near as much as the others. However, it should be noted it did have very uh, very stiff competition in the form of Return of the Jedi, which opened three weeks earlier, and Octopussy, which opened ten days earlier. Hmm. Quick note, Octopussy stars the villain of next week's film. So, if you saw the logo on Facebook, you already know it next week. You probably <laughs> have a good idea anyway. But anyway, a little fun fact. But uh, the, char- the original villain was supposed to be the character of Mr. Mitzelplick, which I've never been able to pronounce that. I have no clue if it's pronounced that way. He's this crazy little tiny guy that you have to get him to say his name and he disappears back to his home dimension. Otherwise, he just appears and causes trouble. It's a really silly villain, but it's he's been done in the comics a lot. Actually, I actually might have to say his name backwards or there's something. Oh, there's the scene. Jesse's watching it again because it's so awesome. But anyway, uh, and they originally were going to have him as a villain and Dudley Moore was going to play him. So it could have been Christopher Reeve versus Dudley Moore. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll take Richard Pryor over Dudley Moore <laughs> every single day. Uh, the video game that he played, that uh, the villain uh, Robert Vaughn plays at the end, was act uh, was actually created by Atari. Mm-hmm. However, Atari also made a Superman three video game based on the film, but for the Atari fifty two hundred. But they never released it because as a kid, I remember watching this and like that game has awesome graphics. That he's the little scene at the end, which yeah. you might you probably never seen just the scene. I've, I've seen that graphic. Oh, like yeah, where you said it like, cost uh, ninety five thousand dollars to make that yeah. little thing. Crazy. Yep. And I was like, nowadays it's like that is garbage. And as a kid, I had a, you know, <laughs> a, you know, the Atari was out, and like this is the thing you're watching in this film was doing full color graphics. It looked, you know, amazing for the day, but alas, never released. Obviously, and if. New young me could see the the new Batman game today as a kid. This is my head would explode. Yeah, that's not it. This is the actual game. This is. It doesn't look that bad, like for the time. We looked up uh, Superman three prototype footage on YouTube, and uh, yeah, Yeah. it doesn't look as good as what was in the film. (laughs) But it still Uh, looks. It looks better than Superman sixty (laughs) four. That's the truth. Any. Get this, this was really funny. The original title wasn't Superman 3, it was Superman vs. Superman. However, the producers of Kramer vs. Kramer threatened a lawsuit because oh, they believed it was too similar, even though it was intended to be a play on the stories in the comics, like, you know, Superman versus the Volcano Men. Mm-hmm. And that was going to then be the theme of every Superman movie after this, which was obviously only one. But uh, so basically, they, they had to do Superman 3 instead of the. They had to drop the verses and kind of the rebranding of the series almost by Superman versus Superman, Superman versus whatever. Anyway, 
the ski slope outside Webster's penthouse took three months to build at Pinewood Studios, which is one of the largest sets. Uh, I think that one's called one of the like uh, the James Bond stage in England. Uh, and 17 tons of salt were used as snow. I wonder hmm. how many times Richard Pryor fell down and... <laughs> I'm good, boss. Sauce. I'm good. Salt, though. <laughs> yeah. He probably didn't care. It's like that story of Ozzy snorting ants. Even though two kids tried that and died. It was on 1,000 ways to die. Mm. Two kids were listening to Ozzy. And they said, listen, I brought some ants. So they snorted some ants. The ants bit them all the way down their nasal passages and swallowed up, and they died of infection. True story, according to 1,000 ways to die. Lovely. So don't snort ants. Yeah, that's... If Ozzy did it and lived, it's because, I don't know. Well, look at him now. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happens if you survive. Sharon! But, uh... That's in my nose! <laughs> the, uh, in the movie, Richard Pryor steals one penny from, or a half cent from all the accounts that uh, Webster has, and it adds up to, like, Office 86. Space. Yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's, uh, I think, Entrapment with Zeta Jones and... Sean Connery used like the same kind of theme, and then Tom Cruise, uh, Tom Hanks uses that as an excuse in Lady Killers that they're uh. stealing one penny from everybody, and it doesn't matter. Uh, but that is called the salami technique hmm. for you know true crime uh, computer crime circles. The salami technique. I guess you're taking one little slice of the salami. Who knows? You could be a victim of it. How would you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean honestly, you know, if everybody gave a penny, we probably could end homelessness. Yeah. There you go. I, I'm down for that. I'll give ten pennies. Oh, snap. Now you're I'll even give a hundred. We'll end it now. But uh, anyway, and also, of course, you know, in uh, the first two Superman movies, it's Lex Luthor. And this one, there's no... I mean, originally they kind of wanted Brainiac, which is ultimately what the computer sort of was. I don't know you have no idea who Brainiac is, nope. but he's like an alien artificial intelligence. Kind of like the Borg in a sense, but he's like super smart because all of Superman's villains have to be super smart. Uh to counter his super strongness, but uh, they just kind of, I guess once they got Richard Pryor on, they decided, no, let's work this into where Richard Pryor does this, and the computer is just a computer. And then in Superman 4, it's Nuclear Man or something? I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even think that was ever in a comic, but they just had to have an anti-Superman fight the real Superman. So, not hmm. done as well as Superman versus Superman, because that's amazing. But anyway, final thoughts, Autumn. You saw half of it. What's your <laughs> what's your score on half of this film? I don't need to see it again. Our kids will see it. That's fine. Okay. I don't a have lot. to watch it. <laughs> of course you won't, because you'll be passed out on the couch <sighs> with your cigarette that. slowly working oh towards goodness. your fingers. Yep, and an empty wine bottle yeah. at your feet. <laughs> the kids are playing like trucks with the wine bottles. <laughs> Daddy, make us that train again. Okay, look, Mama finished that one. Okay. Four car train tonight, kids. Oh my god. <laughs> just just kidding. My wife will be a lovely mother. Oh god. Oh god. I don't know. Anyway, uh retrospect as a kid, again, loved it to death. The, I, it the the flaws the blatant flaws of this film didn't bother me at all as a kid watching this. Uh so obviously my kid score would be super high. But honest revisiting today, nostalgia does play a factor. I'd give it a seven. I still enjoy watching it. Richard Pryor is still funny, and it still has one of the scariest scenes of my childhood and one of the best. So it's kind of like a, a summation of my childhood in a way, so to speak. Mm. The good and the bad. But anyway, uh, again, in the real world, this released June 17th, 1983. On the same day, 
kind of keeping in line with the recent Pluto stuff that happened a few weeks ago. Uh, Pioneer 10 passes the orbit of Neptune, and at that time, again, June 13, 1983, that was the first man-made object to leave the vicinity of the major planets of the solar system. Hmm. So, who knows? I don't even know where Pioneer 10 is today. Maybe it's even dead. Who knows? Uh, but speak, keeping with the space theme... NASA probably knows. Oh, excuse me. Uh, I don't know Aliens if I, I might have misspoke, but it, it, the movie released June 17th, not on the, uh, but the Pioneer on the 13th, excuse me, is when it reached the... Uh, what did it say? Like a launch date? I thought it said last date. A last, last contact. contact or three. Oh wow! So it's went. It went for another twenty years after passing Neptune, and it launched. What was the launch date? Seventy-two. Oh wow! God, that thing. <laughs> they don't, been out they there don't a build lot. them like that anymore. No, they don't. <laughs> Jesus. But uh, keeping with the space theme, on June eighteenth, the day after Superman three released, Sally Ride was the first American woman in space aboard. The Space Shuttle Challenger, which, of course, two years later, two, three years later, would be destroyed on liftoff. Mm. So, interesting. Space is a big deal right now. You know, everybody's hot on Pluto. Yeah. Still a planet to me. And then, Autumn, you actually posted an interesting article that they're, was that true, that they're actually looking at naming a lot of the formations on Pluto after Doctor Who, Star Trek, and Star Wars? Star Wars was on there. Like, Um, Vader Crater. (laughs) There was also, oh, shoot. I want to say they even had some Battlestar names on there, but I'm not sure now. Yeah, I but I mean, feel... I, I, didn't, I just saw it and saw, like, the graphic, but yeah. I didn't read the article to but assess like, the validity. they were talking about how all the NASA nerd uh, nerddoms were coming out. I just don't see why this hasn't happened sooner. Like, But it's not Pluto. It was one of the moons. Did you oh, that, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, it was one of the moons of Pluto. Excuse me. Right. I do remember, yeah, I do remember catching that little detail. Because at first I thought it was the planet, and then I remember, oh, it's the moon. Like, throw some... If Pluto's not a planet, it doesn't matter to NASA. It's just really call cool because they have like different call it what it is nerddom mm. neighborhoods now. That's awesome. The Doctor like, Who area. I'm sure that's where cool. you would live. I would live in the star in Vader Crater. <laughs> I think there was Skywalker Crater, yeah. Leia Crater, and Vader Crater. No Solo love, no Han Solo love. What the they fuck? weren't all um, craters though. They were like the other stuff wasn't a lot of craters, but the three Star Wars ones I saw once they uh, were all okay. like crater, <laughs> crater this, crater that. Well, I don't know what they're trying to say. But anyway, <laughs> any final thoughts on Superman 3? Um, I'm glad it's over. <laughs> it's not for you, honey, if we have kids. <laughs> it's nowhere near over if we have children. They're going to run into our room at night. Mommy, the robot woman is in my room. Because they're going to be so terrified scary. of that scene, just like me. Well, then you deal with it when they're scared, because you let them watch No, it. I'll probably be in the closet with a robot mask. Oh, going, God. My grandma's like, I'm going to get you. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> What's wrong with you? I just watched Grandma's Boy yesterday, so that was fresh on the brain with the, the guy acting like a robot all the time. Mm. Sure. Whatever. Sure. <laughs> anyway, back to the future this week. Uh, let's see. I'll say we'll do Ant-Man next week. We'll be a little more relevant to DC Comics this week, even though next week is also a DC comic character. Uh, but, uh, Jesse, you saw the Batman versus Superman trailer. I'm sure. Yes, I did. Autumn, I know you saw it twice. Because I, I watched it I several there. times in a row. I was awake. Uh, you know, comparing, you know, this is our generation Superman. Or, excuse me, excuse me, this generation Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, since we are talking about the Superman of the 80s, you know, what do you think about, like, how Superman's portrayed now as opposed to how he was in the 80s? I like new Superman. He's foxy. You just Fox. admitted yourself how foxy Christopher Reeve was. Do you think Cavill's hotter than Christopher Reeve? Yes. 
Really? Yes. I mean, I'm not. I'm not judging. I'm just. I'm just asking an honest opinion. Yes. Why? Because he's English, or just more built, or? No, because that means he's foxy. Okay. What about what about Affleck? Affleck versus Cavill. Batman versus Superman. Who's who are you behind? Uh, because of looks, look wise. Did you see that? This scene, the side by side. Oh, where they, that was the scene yeah, from Man of Steel. Pretty cool. That's it was awesome. <laughs> Batfleck or Super Cavill? I don't know. That's difficult. Because, you know, Batfleck's available now. Apparently. Him and Elektra well, you know, broke like, up. He's older mm-hmm. and, like, has that refined, like, older guy thing. And he's also a raging alcoholic and gambler, mm-hmm. according yeah, he, to the internet. He went to rehab mm-hmm. several times. And well, twice, anyway. Well. For both of those things. Yeah. I like Ben Affleck, though. I think he's... I do, too. I wish he would direct more, which supposedly he's supposed to be directing and writing the new solo Batman flick, Yeah. which will be very interesting, because I think he's a fantastic director. And Jeremy Irons is Alfred? Mm-hmm. Fucking awesome. Yeah. But uh, anyway, you know, it, I would love to... Uh, I would like, you know, if Christopher Reeve is still with us, like, you know, I'd love to hear his thoughts on Superman today. Because, you know, also coming out of the 80s, what did you have before that superhero-wise? You had television superheroes, for the most part. Adam West Batman, which we've been watching a lot of lately. Mm. And it's, not, and it's, it's, it's so good. It's so bad. It's so good. And uh, also, here's a fun fact for you comic nerds that disown that series. I read a lot of history about that series, specifically on IMDb and Wikipedia. But the Batman television series single-handedly saved the Batman comics. They were dying in popularity... They probably wouldn't be around today if that series didn't revitalize it among children. And also, do you think the Riddler's a decent villain? Do you like how the Riddler was in Arkham Asylum or even the storyline where the Riddler became a good guy and worked for the Gotham City Police Department and became a major Batman villain? That's because Frank Gorshin in Batman the television series uh, was brought so much to the character that it, they made the, the comic copied that character mm. and made the Riddler a major villain. Also, Mr. Freeze, you think he's a cool villain? His name sounds a lot better than uh, Mr. Zero, because that's what he was called in the comic until he came out on the show and was called Mr. Freeze. Ah. Still campy, but still badass. <laughs> and that part where Catwoman's super hot? Yeah, Julie Newmar with the kid. <laughs> Every Catwoman in the Batman television show. Lee, Lee Merriweather in the movie. All very, very sexy. But however, they do not hold a cat candle to the lovely Michelle Pfeiffer. I don't know. Julie Newmar was statuesque. Uh uh, go look at pictures of Michelle Pfeiffer in that outfit because I'll be damned. But anyway, uh, yeah, Batman vs. Superman, looking forward to it. I've got Wonder Woman in the mix now, so we'll see what happens. But it looks exciting. I just I, the, the only thing that I don't buy is Lex Luthor, is Jesse Eisenberg. I'll have to wait and see on that one. Yeah. Because he just looks like a little punk, like old Superman. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, when you were talking about Batfleck, you said something about Elektra. Elektra was a female hero movie that came out after Barbed Wire. Oh, good catch. But that one was terrible. That so was, was Barbed Wire. I just, well, no, I would watch Barbed Wire <laughs> because, ten uh, times in a row before I watched Elektra once. dirty, pervert, 14-year-old. Because uh, are you denying that Pamela Anderson, 90s, early 90s, Pamela Anderson was not gorgeous? Like, she was, like, trashy hot. Uh, yeah. What's your yeah, point? That's not What's the same point? as like Jennifer Garner hot. Like, uh, even today, if they okay, well, okay, maybe not today because Jennifer Garner looks way better today than she did <laughs> back then, and Pamela Anderson's definitely older. But that's what happens when you do that. When you marry Tommy <laughs> Lee twice or whatever, and no, get your when you start as a stripper and then start 
doing porn and then you are a nude model and then you try to break into acting but you know you are married to a drug addict alcoholic and well, you smoke and you used to be a stripper I mean okay okay keep going <laughs> nothing you said has made my erection go down by the way oh my god <laughs> we're watching the intro where she's stripping, stripping. in the rain yes <laughs> well water is being actually in the movie? that's the cre- wait no wait I don't know what this is that's the opening credits really but uh, my, there is an unrated version Yep, that is the trashiest, hottest woman I've ever seen. <laughs> you're disgusting. <laughs> I know no. you're not alone. It's fine. No, but, no. This time frame, she was like the you know what you know, the hottest woman in the world at the time. Not saying I'm not justifying like to boys who she, only have access to like no, basic no, cable. No, no, everybody. <laughs> the only reason this movie exists is because she was so hot, and so like. She, I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, just leave that on the screen. <laughs> what a perfect place for it to buffer. No, but anyway. Yeah, but you're all right. Electra was one post Supergirl. Mm-hmm. So, Electra, barbed wire. Stop tank saying girl. it. Just stop. <laughs> barbed wire. Quit. It, it's so funny because every time she shoots a gun, she, like, is scared of it in the film, yeah. like, flinching. Actually, it's I think. because she's a vegan. Watch, you come, watch, watch her flinch how bad she flips on this scene with the two guns. I remember this, like, they even do a close-up. Like, oh, oh. Yeah, her eyes. Like, oh, I'm scared. Oh. <laughs> it's okay, Pam. It's okay. I'll protect you. I'll protect you from those blanks. But anyway, you are right. Good call on Electra. That movie was terrible. So was this one. I'm, oh, oh, I'm not saying Barbed Wire was a good film. I'm just saying it's much more easier on the eyes than Electra. It's not as good as Electra. <laughs> You said more easier. Yeah, because she's easier. Whatever. You're, we're convoluting the conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyway, hope you enjoyed this nostalgic trip down memory lane for Superman 3. Because I know I enjoyed rewatching it because I still like it. And if you don't like it, tough cookies. Uh, but you can uh, let us know at 80srevisited at gmail.com. Uh, also... Uh, there is a great box set of all the Superman films, the uh, up to uh, not Man of Steel, but uh, Superman Lives, all the, the Christopher Reeve era and Superman Lives. Catwoman came out before Electra. Oh wow! See, there's a reason I didn't remember these movies. <laughs> I have seen that Catwoman movie. What about and Lava Girl in Adventures of Sharks? That's not Lava a superhero. Girl. That's Spy Kids. No wait, no, that's a different. Oh, oh okay. Different I thought that thing. actually because Rodriguez did that with the, the same kids. Same I thought thing. it was yeah, like yeah. something tied into that. We're actually looking for my Vendetta. super ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Is that good? Yeah, nope. 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 Oh, Hancock, Charlize was super-powered in it. Uh, yeah. Spoilers, jeez. Well, I mean, you've, you had superhero women in the yeah, movies, yeah. but as far as a solo flick. Yeah, solo flick. I still don't understand who greenlit Halle Berry to be Catwoman. Like, after seeing concept sketches of that costume and that story, like, I don't know. That just, why was that not, not on Sci-Fi Channel? Called like you know Pussy Girl or something. Pussy. Oh wait, wow. that's a different movie. Uh, Cat Girl. Because after Batman Returns, it was all that talk about. Excuse me, Cat uh, a solo Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman, which I'd be all behind and in front of. But uh, never happened, obviously. So instead, we got Holly Berry's Catwoman, which is one of the worst films. Definitely one of the worst superhero films ever. But not as bad as Barbed Wire. Not yeah. There's a scene where she plays basketball. In Catwoman, with her cat-like reflexes, oh, and it is so terrible. Really? It, 
it is actually worse than the scene in Daredevil where the blind guy and the, you know, lovely Jennifer Garner, you know, play fight in a playground. No, Jesse, don't do it. Don't do it, Jesse. It's so bad. But anyway. Uh, but I, what I was getting at, the great Superman set is on Amazon. You get it on Blu-ray or DVD. I think Blu-rays actually might be out of print because I still haven't been able to find one reasonably priced. But you can go to awesomepods.com, click the Amazon link, go right through our website and get it. And cost you nothing more. just gives helps us contribute a few cents to the show. So do that if you don't mind. But also, awesomepods.com, awesomepods on Facebook, awesome, at awesomepods on Twitter. Check out all of our old shows, all the other shows as well, Geekly Dosed. Why don't you know this? Jesse Sedgley Podcast, Plug City Report, and as always, a shout out to our good friends in Lafayette, James and John, with their Now vs. Nostalgia podcast, which just had a really great episode about their each of their top 10 80s toys. Uh, and they actually mentioned a lot of them that I forgot about you know having and the memories that I have with those. So it was really, really good episode. A lot of nostalgia in there. It's not just a clever name, folks. Now vs. Nostalgia. Check them out. And don't forget your jacket, John. we got to get together. <laughs> but anyway... Next week, we're going down to the Bayou Share, and we're going to go check in with the old Swamp Thing. I know. Again, again, <laughs> I, I, I've never said, listen to my great impression. Listen then why to this. do you do that? <laughs> because if I talk like this the whole time, yeah. it's it, I try to add a little upbeat or downbeat tempo just so it kind of keeps the mood going. Okay. I mean, look, did you just see that? Yeah, I'm totally distracted by that. Yeah, the, it's, the o- it's over, as is this episode. Thank you, everybody. And again, uh, shout out to uh, our friend John Martinez over in California and everybody, uh, you know, dealing with the loss of David. You know, we send all of our heartfelt condolences and all that stuff over to you guys and girls and wish you the best through this difficult time. And again, all, all these episodes are dedicated to David. So raise a glass next time you watch an 80s movie for us and in memory of David. And we will catch you next week. Until then, I remain Trey Harris. Autumn Harris. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga! Find this show and more on facebook.com slash awesomepods and follow us on twitter at awesomepods